You're listening to the Neurotic Nourishment Patreon. <laughs> Patreon? Patreon. Patreon feed. Thanks for supporting my mom. <laughs> My name is Dr. Lindsay Wisner. I'm a psychologist, author, a mom, and still an occasional shit show. You're listening to the Neurotic Nourishment Podcast. This is a place for smart, sweary women to talk about stuff that matters, stuff that can make us uncomfortable, but stuff that helps us to learn and grow and be okay with living in that discomfort of not knowing the right thing to say or do all the time. Thanks for listening. You can also find me on Instagram at PsychShrinkMom or at Neurotic Nourishment. Hi, friends. Uh, what can I say? There's never a dull moment anymore, is there? Uh, this week, I am re-releasing two episodes that were supposed to seamlessly released last week. However, that whole social media shutdown kind of screwed me. So um, if you didn't get to hear it last week, I encourage you to listen to Marsha Moran's How You Do Recover from a Stroke, which is the episode you are listening to now. And then the follow-up episode that was totally meant to be a Patreon episode, so you guys get another one for free is uh it's toby pasman and he talks a lot about emdr if you like what you're hearing please please uh subscribe to our patreon feed and for just five dollars a month you will get fantastic bonus episodes in fact uh in just a week or so the bonus episode is especially geared for you anxious parents and terrified seniors juniors and seniors in high school i happen to know a lot about the college admissions problem process and problem. And uh, our bonus episode, our Patreon episode, exclusive for patrons only, is going to be Lions and Tigers in College, oh my. And it's basically where I give you the inside scoop on all that I know and what you should and should not be worrying about. So subscribe quick. Thanks for listening. I was so intrigued by my conversation with Marsha Morin on the regular feed that I sort of reached out to the fantastic Toby Pasman and asked him if he would come on the show to tell us more about EMDR and neuroscience and neurotech and all of the things that Marsha spoke about in her book as having really helped her to recover from her surgery. Uh, Toby is a neurophysiology researcher and the founder of Roscoe's Wetsuit Neuro. It's an applied neuroscience that uses neuro... Okay, he uses brain stuff to enhance your brain power and improve your health. I'm just going to put it in English. It's cool, but it also needs to be in English, you know. Um, He's board certified in EEG neurofeedback and QEEG brain mapping. He has also created a complimentary Six Steps to Better Performance PDF that you listeners can receive if you sign up for his email newsletter at roscoewetsuitneuro.com. Also, he's created, just for us, a special promo code, Neurotic21, 
that we, our listeners, that's you and me, uh, can use to get 15% off their first neurohealth coaching session if they decide to sign up, if you decide to sign up. You can also access the special landing page that he created for this very episode at roscoeswetsuitneuro.com backslash neurotic nourishment. I hope you enjoy the episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. Hi, Toby. Hello, Lindsay. How are you doing? How are you doing? I'm good. I'm here with Toby Pasman. He is the uh he has many things but um he is the host of roscoe's wetsuit neuro podcast totally look that one up we'll get to that also um he is also a neurophysiology researcher who uses tech to improve mental health and improve cognitive performance uh i already have a question for you shoot we say intelligence is there a difference between intelligence and cognitive performance Oh, I guess they're similarly related. Uh, cognitive performance, I guess, would in, encompass a lot more things besides intelligence, but I would say definitely intelligence is a certainly a component of cognitive performance. So could we say cognitive performance includes emotional intelligence as well as other intelligence? See how wordy I am? I'm a word I think, yeah, I think that's okay. fair to say, yeah. Um, so uh, because, and again, I did... Um, as you know, as we discussed before, I do stalk the shit out of my guests. And so um, I, I definitely think you, you've, Jesus, you're only 24, but you've done so much in this field and you've um, had mentors and you've engaged in things. And you, uh, I don't know if you know this, but the best thing you can do to further your field is to jump around. Like uh, they do it in Mulan where they jump from one one big stick to another. Children, remember, vague references. Mm -hmm. um, but it is to jump around and not stay in the same field, but to learn from everything. Uh, and so uh, we say cognitive performance, it's more of an all-inclusive because there's also an emotional aspect. Absolutely. Um, and then there's another little um, catchphrase that I stole from one of your things, peak performance wellness industry. I like it, and yet I don't know if I understand it. And if I don't understand it, I don't know if my listeners will. I yeah, think I think, understand it, but it's like you know. Think of you know the the type of people, and this might be your listeners. You know the type of people who you know shop at Whole Foods for you know organic food and go to high end yoga studios and cryotherapy. That I view as sort of the the peak performance wellness industry. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? That's just a thing. I don't know, but that's, that's what I'm talking about. advertise. It's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like it's just like affluent people who care about their health. So, and are willing to, you know, put a lot of time and energy and resources into improving their health. So that's kind of my business is sort of marketed towards those individuals. Which is great for your business. Um, but I, and I'm speaking from personal experience, like, do you ever feel badly like again pause like i'm not insulting you but so what i can get out of pocket from a patient versus what an insurance company will pay me like when the pandemic started i had friends and acquaintances who shot the shit out of their prices you know it went from being like 150 200 to 400 for 45 minutes um and to me 
probably because I'm a little bit of a puss, I was like, um, do you need a discount? Like, you know, because who knows what's going on in the world. So uh, I would love to get off insurance, but I also acknowledge that like uh, I work hard and I'm educated and there are people who are willing to put in, perhaps it's an issue of not shopping, uh, like brands, not shopping Louis Vuitton, but instead putting that effort into your health. I don't know, you know, but some of the services you offer are, not you particularly, but this whole neurofeedback in general are in fact expensive. Indeed. Yeah. And I mean, I, the reason I don't take insurance or am not, I like, I'm not you're smart because you're smart. Well, I'm not, I, I, maybe that, (laughs) but also I'm not a clinical psychologist, so I can't actually claim to be treating any psychiatric or neurological conditions. So because of that, my whole business is geared towards, you know, peak performance and wellness. So it's just like, you know, it's, it's, even though these technologies have plenty of research that say they benefit a variety of different psychiatric and mental health conditions, I have to frame it, you know, as like, we're not treating your depression, we're boosting your mood, or we're not treating your anxiety, we're reducing your stress. So it's just sort of a semantics thing, I feel like, but it's sort of like when I have to give a, I have to give a diagnosis for an insurance company to pay me. I'm not, I'm not checking to see that you mark all five of seven DSM. Like I'm going with my gut, you know, like this is the best that I got. And, uh, you know, I'm still treating the person and uh, often we'll have to put together treatment plans. Garbage. You know, because the fact is if someone walks in and you you have it on record as to talk about A, B, and C, uh, and they've just been dumped by their husband, boyfriend, lover, whatever, that's not what you're gonna do. Um, so I do, I do have a lot of faith in neurofeedback not a lot of understanding how it works. And so perhaps it would help me. I mean, our listeners, if you could explain it to me. Sure. So neurofeedback is basically where we're training the electrical activity of your brain. And we do this by first putting on what's called an EEG cap, which some of your listeners may have seen before. It kind of looks like a swim cap uh, looking device that has a bunch of electrodes So I'll basically clean off someone's head with some alcohol wipes and, uh, and put some electrode paste on and then put this cap over their head. And that's able to measure uh, the electrical brain waves that they're producing. So based off of that, we can then train a person's brain to produce either more or less of a specific brain wave. Um, And also we can train that to occur in a specific area of their brain. Go on. I interrupted rudely. I was just going to say how this actually looks. So it's basically like, you know, you're playing a video game with your mind. So think of like you're, you're hooked up to this cap, the computer's measuring your brainwaves, and it's going to give you feedback based on what your brain is doing. So if it's kind of uh, visual feedback, you might see the screen get larger If it's audio feedback, you might hear like the tones get louder. Um, If your brain is producing the desired electrical frequencies that we're training it to produce and say your brain deviates from that desired healthy activity, 
then you would see, say, the screen gets smaller or the tones get quieter. So it's like directly telling your brain, okay, you know, good job. You're doing, doing well, keep it up or nope, you know, go back to what you were doing before, you know, you're no longer, you know, doing what we wanted to do. So did you have frats at your college? Cause I don't imagine this going well at like, they're called darties. Cause I see a lot, like, it's such a fascinating, like niche thing. And I would have been like, yeah. Oh my God, but did, were there frats? And did you ever try this? Cause I don't think it would. Yeah, no, I, I don't. <laughs> I, I honestly didn't even really know about neurofeedback, I would say until towards the end of college, because it's, it's not something that, you know, there may have been a psychology class that like briefly touched on it. I didn't take one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I started working in a lab where we're utilizing like the EEG. So measuring the brain activity, which was fascinating to me, but it was like, okay, so, so we're measuring this, but like, what can we well, we're not doing anything. We're not changing the brain activity. So I, you know, at that point, I think started learning about these technologies that could actually alter the electrical activity. And I was like, wow, this might be something worth looking into, but it yeah, is, for a lot of people still yeah. haven't heard of it. I, so EMDR I've heard of, I kind of equate it to Reiki and I know I shouldn't, but like, I think they're both kind of meh, which is weird because I'm a yoga teacher ish in theory but um but as it turns out and someone that you might want to get in touch with is recently i um i spoke with this woman marcia moran and uh i found her she and i connected the same place you and i connected and she had a serious stroke and credits um like neurofeedback for like she is fully you know, I video chatted with her. I, you know, we did an interview um, and it was definitely in, I'm trying to think of what was Wernicke's or, um, she could not produce sound. She could, she could not produce words. Words, right. Brokas. That so Wernicke's or Brokas. Thank brokas. you, sorry. I know, it's been a long time. I had to relearn all this. Um, but so okay. it was definitely a Brokas aphasia and, um she said that the real work came from like the neurofeedback and i'm i'm not a i'm not as dubious about you know reiki and energies as i think we believe what we want to but i do think that like having spoken to this amazing woman and if you're looking for a guest on your show she might be amazing um because she's so um She's such an amazing person. Although I will say, look at this cover of her book. Uh, it's a woman standing on a mountain and it's a very perilous looking mountain. And I did ask her at the end, did you really stand on that mountain? Because as a mom, that concerns me. She did not, but she's amazing. You know, she wrote a book, she included everyone. And so I, I do think that this neurofeedback, there's something there and it's just something that my brain is not, does not yet understand. Sure. I mean, it's an obscure sort of concept, right? We're, we're teaching the brain how to kind of rewire itself electrically. And that's something that a lot of us don't, don't even understand that our brain runs on electricity. You know, it's kind of like talked we always talk about like the, the neurochemicals, the chemical situation, you know, dopamine and serotonin and, yep. you know, all the neurotransmitters, but what's often neglected is the electrical activity of the brain. So, and then hence training it. Yeah. It's something that it's been around for, for decades. And, you know, most of the time you would need to go to like a psychiatrist or neurologist office, you know, I assume probably the, 
the individual that you mentioned, you know, it sounds like if, if she was dealing with a stroke, probably was doing this like through a neurologist, I assume. I, I'm not sure she, she saw anyone and everything, but one of the most important things she conveyed to me was to walk away from someone who's not working for you, like find the right doctor for you, which sure. I mean, we've all had bad experiences with doctors. And so, you know, um, but what you're talking about, and correct me if I'm wrong, the electrical aspect of it actually goes back to, um, the uh oh what do we all say is awful but it's actually really helpful sometimes um i had a patient who was severely bipolar and after several years he had um help me out here like electrical oh like ect thank like electric you. Yeah, ECT, yeah. and he's a fully functioning like hell of a man it was part ect and part he threw himself into triathlons and Ironmans and he gave his body something to do while his brain recovered. He has some memory loss, but I think, am I wrong in thinking that ECT might've been like this caveman of EEG? I would, it, it's the caveman of neurostimulation. Okay. So, so, which is a similar technology, but yeah, ECT is something that, you know, people like I think generally have a negative connotation of now, just, you know, cause it's like th there are significant side effects, you know, memory loss and, and other things that a lot of people do experience despite that still to this day, it's one of the approaches that they use for like intractable depression when yeah. people have failed multiple antidepressants and talk therapy and nothing's helping ECT is still used, yeah. but the technology, I mean, I would say that's kind of like, that was kind of the infancy of, of kind of using electricity to actually stimulate the brain. Because with neurofeedback, we're not actually inputting anything to the brain. We're just teaching the brain how to make better use of what it's already, kind of what's already going on up there electrically. So I'm going to give Mary Shelley's Frankenstein the infancy degree, but, yes. but <laughs> you're basically training someone, but it's not a punitive shock system or is it well neurostimulation yeah neurostimulation is so i i use uh basically low intensity neurostimulation and it it kind of feels like uh kind of like tingling when you're doing the session like you have anywhere between like two to six electrodes on a person's scalp it's not shock therapy despite what many of the clients and patients you know who i start working with or they, they always you know, think of, you know, one flew over the cuckoo's nest, you know, that sort of shock therapy, but have I you ever even seen that movie? Cause you're young. Uh, I think I did for one <laughs> of my English classes. I was a while ago. It, once. it wasn't great. Um, so what I think of is when I was younger and they still do this, we had very large dogs. And, um, as we discussed, we were in Florida and, uh, they had like shock collars and it was never anything that really fingers crossed, not going would hurt them, but it stopped them from moving beyond the boundary. And so um, I feel like what I'm hearing is you describing that, and maybe I'm wrong, but they were never, they never seemed to be in pain. They just learned not to go beyond that. And so that's teaching. Um, You're allowed to disagree I, hardcore with me. We could even argue and I'll still... <laughs> What you're talking about, I think, is like, it sounds like sort of like the Pavlovian conditioning, right? Where you're like giving like a negative, like you're Pavlov, punishing. Pavlov did. No? 
Mm -mm. What Pavlov did is he figured I teach uh, classes on out school to little kids, which is the only reason I remember this. But um, Pavlov uh, learned that in like in anticipation of something, they would uh, salivate. Right. You know, um, but he also did not punish them negatively. Uh, little Albert was this little kid that uh, um, Watson and Rayner scarred for life and surprisingly he's disappeared but that was punitive. okay so, okay thank you for the correction i only know this because of the class i teach i promise i'm not sure yeah, yeah <laughs> like i've just i've been teaching it for two or three years during the pandemic so sure um but uh what i would I, I would say is a better sort of like way to think of it is like the neurostimulation is sort of like using using sort of training wheels like if you're learning to ride a bike which you know, in this example would be sort of learning to operate your brain and learning how to produce healthier quantities of the different brain waves. So the uh, neurostimulation I kind of view as the training wheels and sort of helping to guide your brain into these different brainwave states, these different electrical patterns, and then your brain kind of learns how to do it on its own based off kind of having been walked through the process. So that's, that's kind of how I explain it usually to people. So it's stimulation. So uh, when you get a massage, it stimulates your um, but your body to repair. I, I have a shit doctor who happens to be my neighbor, but that's another story. <laughs> I didn't know he was my neighbor until his peapod got delivered to my house and I brought it over <laughs> and it was weird. But like uh, my brother-in-law is a physical therapist and he was like, no, you have to do this to the scar tissue. He may or may not be right. We're not sure. Um, but it stimulates it to regenerate, rejuvenate, re whatever. And so that's what we're talking about, it sounds like. Yeah. I mean, no, it, I'll be upset. <laughs> yeah. No, and you stimulate the brain. A lot of cool things happen. Like you get improved blood flow, which is going to help the brain work better. Um, oftentimes, increased levels of neurotransmitters like dopamine, serotonin. I'm a big fan of oxytocin. Sorry, oxytocin. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> no, it's a super important one for yeah for social connection and bonding. Yeah, I um, talked about that a lot during the pandemic because too much oxytocin, obviously, and you go shit. So, right, right. Um, yeah. What? So I would say definitely when you stimulate the brain, a lot of good things happen. And I guess, yeah, kind of similarly to stimulating other parts of the body. I mean, we're the whole body is, is electrical. So, you know, in the same way they use like those, like, uh, you know, muscle, like, uh, things yeah, yeah and, I have one of those. Yeah. The, yeah. Um, it's not fibromyalgia, but you know what I'm talking about? The, like to get under the skin and to stim Yes. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's it kind of building off that same principle of the body being electrical. So how did you fall in love with this? Cause you must be in love with it. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, I mean, I was always a curious kid. Like I'd always be thinking about my own thinking and thinking about why I'm behaving the way I do and why other people do what they do. I was always just like obsessed with that and sort of, uh, yeah, definitely an overthinker. And that sort of led to anxiety and that things. Yeah. All, all of that for sure. But, but I've, also, got, I've got a kid just like that anxiety, OCD, ADHD, and those are his best qualities. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a blessing and a curse, I feel like, I know. <laughs> but, um, 
yeah, I mean, I kind of followed that curiosity into a biopsychology class I took in undergrad. And that I think is when I really fell in love. Like that was a class, like, I think it was like, you know, 10 AM. And I, I absolutely hated morning classes. Like I couldn't like do anything, but I actually, I actually looked forward to this class, even though it was at 10 AM and I had to wake up, you know, relatively early despite people probably not thinking 10s that early but for me it was I early. took a stats class at 8 30 in the fucking morning I got a c minus if I got an D I would never have been a shrink sir and if you took that in the afternoon I bet you probably would have gotten like a a or b probably right no, we did stats in grad school and thankfully he let us do it in partners and my husband now husband was my partner and I've since spoken to the professor and he's like I know you didn't do shit in my class Lindsay it's fine you were good <laughs> uh, math ADHD don't work together um but you know I think uh my son is the kind of kid who will take apart a vacuum only to put it back together again and so I, I hear you like the things that make us different are also the things that make us awesome at our obsessions you know yeah, a lot of people don't bother to question everything. So it's like the people that do, it's like, you know, I think that's like where a lot of like both like unhealthy, like obsessions and, and psychiatric things come into place, but also where the genius is in terms of like finding connections and making meaning out of things that other people, you know, haven't necessarily dived into. A hundred percent. Um as soon as I we got my son diagnosed because he was not doing well with like the transferring classes and I was filling out um, his, you know, there's a form like, does he do this? Does he do that? And I was like, this is me. And then I, um, uh, I scheduled an appointment with a neurologist that I like very much. And I was like, this is going to sound crazy, but, and he's like, you're a doctor. I think I was 39 at the time. So young. I was, he's like, uh, uh, well, did you procrastinate on assignments? I was like, no. He's like, never. I was like, why would I procrastinate? I can only pay attention to something for so long. Oh, you know, like once I'm in, I'm in, which is why, as we were discussing before we hit record, like, I probably know more about you than your best friend at this point. Right. Right. No. And you proved that. Yeah. You're not lying. Yeah. I think it, I mean, it's a, that also makes me go back and be like, don't let me say anything. That's not, you know, (laughs) right. Right. But I mean, I feel like that's probably what, you know, part of what makes you a really good interviewer is doing like being able to do such a deep dive into people to really understand them kind of before the show. And I think for any like expert in any field, I mean, that it's like someone who's, who's went so much further into that. I mean, I think about a lot of the researchers, you know, the neuroscientists I've interviewed, it's like, they've devoted their whole lives to, you know, studying some obscure, you know, gene or, you know, protein that, that most people have never even heard of. And they're, they, you know, have written, you know, hundreds of papers on it and books and, you know, all of this stuff, like they've went so deep into a specific one specific topic. And yeah, they forgot I mean, about the person they're talking to. Pretty much. Yeah. No. Oh, I mean, that's, that's my job though. I see it as like helping to kind of translate the science to something that like a lay person could understand. But I, I think we're on the same term and I appreciate or the same team, but the same side. I appreciate the compliment because to me, like, uh, 
I love this part. And my husband's like, why are you doing this? Do you want to be like a famous? No, I just really love what I do. And I love getting to know people and learning and finding out new things. And, um, you know, I, uh, one of my favorite things in finding out about you was the name of your podcast. Yeah. I did a, it wasn't, I used Reddit. I mean, it's a pain. Yeah. But Reddit confuses me. And my kids can't explain Reddit to me, but I have older dorky friends that can. So your podcast is- What'd you find on Reddit? All right. Your pod, I I actually copied it and then erased it because I found a simpler one on Urban Dictionary. But your podcast is called the host of Roscoe's Wetsuit Neuro Podcast. I'm clearly reading off a Google document, just to let you know, full disclosure. Um, And it's that meaning, the point of the Roscoe's Wetsuit, which you're going to have to explain me origin is meaningless phrases and ideas can be spread through the internet by people trying to be trendy and before you explain let me just say my kids like to call me karen if i have a problem um they also make these weird sounds and my daughter watches this super hot um gamer called sniper fox i don't know if you've ever seen her but she's amazing uh but they're doing the same thing they're just spreading what they've heard and that's not fact or fiction it's it's speculation I don't know like it's something that hasn't been proved yet and my husband's a lawyer slash psychologist and I'm a shrink and writer and I it drives me crazy and yet it's a brilliant name of a podcast yeah I I had been obsessed with so who who kind of developed that was this uh the artist childish Gambino or also he's like the actor Donald Glover He's Danny been on like Glover, community. Right? Do- Donald Glover. Okay, because I was confused. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so I was I was really into his music. I mean, I still am really into his music, but when with one of his albums, he released uh like a screenplay that went along with the album. And, old and never heard of it, so super intrigued. Yeah. Yeah, so so basically in the screenplay, the character the, the boy in the, the screenplay, he comes across the words Roscoe's wetsuit, like written in different, like graffitied under a bridge and just in random places. And he's always like wondering throughout the whole screenplay, like what is Roscoe's wetsuit? And then he comes across this kid at the end where he's like, the kid is scribbling Roscoe's wetsuit on a napkin. So he's like, oh my God, I'm finally going to you know figure out what, what the hell does this actually mean? So he confronts the kid and demands an answer. Like, what is Roscoe's wetsuit? And the kid's like, I don't know. I just saw it online. (laughs) So it's almost kind of like the titles I felt like was sort of like an ironic thing in a way, right? Where it's like, no, it's definitely ironic. Yeah. It almost takes away from your brilliance in the neuro field, but it also attracts people like you. Well, and it's just also like a good like icebreaker, right? Because it's like everyone's like, what is Roscoe's? Like, what what is, I mean, and people are like, is it something to do with surfing? Like, I don't know. I, I originally, my podcast was just Roscoe's wetsuit podcast. And there were way too many people who were like confused or like, is this a surfing show or like what it, at least they're I, listening. If they're confused. Yeah. But I mean, I had to add, I added the neuro and put, put a brain on the logo. So just to clarify that a little more, but well, listen, I thought it was awesome. I have a, I accidentally got a, um, uh, I accidentally became an expert blogger on 
Psychology Today. It's called Expert Blogger. I'm just repeating the title, but I blog for Psychology Today and it's called The Venn Diagram Life because I'm like obsessed with Venn diagrams because mm-hmm. they're just awesome in my mind. Um, but like I accidentally got it because I asked them to cover the release of my never released book. <laughs> so, they're like, we don't do that, but you sound like you got a great thing going because I wanted to uh, and the stigma of suicide, I mean, not end, but like, you know, make a force to, um, we had a lot of kids kill themselves in the year before the pandemic and in my small, you know, like Boca is small, Hewlett is small. And so I wanted, I don't know, I was desperate. And so they were like, we don't do that, but you sound like you could to a blog and I was like okay and then I called it the thing that I love the most you know um and what I found is that some people love Venn diagrams and some people don't and like I think similarly it's such a clever name and although you made me go down a rabbit hole trying to figure it out um that, that was the goal how to make you dig awesome. a little bit yeah that's exactly awesome. and right. like I don't want I don't want the easy answer I want someone who makes me think about something different you know right and that's hopefully who i attract as like listeners to the podcast too is people with that same mindset um what sort of interesting guests do you have coming on besides me obviously right no definitely that you are that's the most fine, interesting but I, was, I was messing with you but <laughs> I, I i mean i'm gonna stalk you don't get me wrong i know where you i know how you spend your high school years but um <laughs> right i i believe that <laughs> um, i proved it yeah I, I'm having uh, this guy, uh, a couple really interesting guests uh, that I've been stalking myself actually for a long time and emailing their their publicists like and assistants like time and time and time again. I don't like publicists because I, or assistants, because I feel like you have to keep upping yourself. And so if there's a way I go directly to them. Oh no, I'm, I'm the same way, but for some, for some of these like high profile people, you just can't find like their you know, personal email or whatever. So, Thomas Campbell, have you ever looked at my big toe? Yeah, the the hero of a thousand faces. I, thousand. My big toe is what I know him from, but you may be right. I just. I'm No, I'm thinking of uh, Joseph Campbell, like the, uh, the hero's journey. So uh, some of, some yeah. of the uh, 40 years of Zen stuff, which was something you were involved with long ago, um, who uh, David Asprey, who's amazing in the field. Uh, but some of what he does reminds me of my big toe. And so I wondered if mm. that was, but I think he only speaks Spanish. Mm. Interesting. I, I don't know. I don't know enough to comment on that, but I can, but I can... for ice cream in Spanish. So there you go. That's yeah. probably better than I can do. If I knew I was going to be in Miami, I would, probably have paid a little bit more attention to my high school Spanish classes. Grow up in Florida, hence the Spanish, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so who are you having? Tell us what you're yes. looking forward to. So Stephen Kotler, he's an author who wrote um, this great book that I read several years ago called The Rise of Superman, which is basically detailing uh, flow states, which flow was a term, like a, a term coined by a psychologist I'm going to probably butcher the pronunciation of his name because it's very difficult, but it's like Mihaly Chick Sent Me High. This guy's got like the craziest name ever. Comic book but, family. Keep going. Yeah. Yeah. So, so basically uh, the, the concept of flow is basically where you're sort of, everyone's probably experienced where you're immersed in a good book or movie and you sort, you know, sort of, or, you know, time starts kind of 
playing tricks on you when you stop thinking about what's for lunch and you, you're just completely in the present moment. So Stephen Kotler wrote a book detailing flow states uh, uh, as it pertains to like extreme sports athletes. Cause like, basically if you're, you know, if you're flying down a mountain, you know, at high speeds, you're, you're basically thrust into a state of flow. Sure. You have to be paying absolute attention or else you may die. So he wrote this book on flow and has since like, he does this like flow research uh, collective. I think I'm butchering that. Um, but yeah, he's, he's kind of like a prominent writer and figure in sort of the applied neuroscience space, I'd say. And the other person I'm really excited to have on is uh, Dr. Stephen Gundry, who wrote The Plant Paradox. So he talks a lot about like uh, the, the harmful effects of lectins in the diet, which are like, it's really interesting because it's like, is this like the tomatoes, bell peppers? Exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like foods that most people like assumed were just harmless. And like, you know, most probably were like most of those foods are like promoted by kind of most nutritionists or kind of healthy, you know, healthy eating people. But there's a yeah. pet store owner around the corner for me. Who's like every time, I mean, we just go in there to pet the dogs to be honest, but like, you know, he's always talking about the lectins, which is why I think. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I it's, super it's interesting. You're both of those. Yeah. 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 I mean, those are, yeah, they're both like well known authors that I was like, I was like kind of like patting myself on the back a little bit for finally getting them on because yeah. yeah and it's like you start seeing like the longer you're podcasting it's like you start like getting more yeses from like the people that you really want on the show who like at first you know you're just like starting this thing and you have nothing to really show for it and they're yeah, like you don't Why? give up you keep you keep going and exactly and then, yeah i i do like yearly follow-ups with some of these people like i'll I'll like be like, oh wait, did I did I ever like ask this person to be on the show? And I'll I'll plug in their email address like in Gmail, and it'll be like an email that I had sent to like their publicist or whatever like a year ago, like last summer. And I'll see like you know there wasn't a response or like you keep you know, going. I mean, I have some. You keep like, going. You keep yeah. I have some long distance friends that I've met from podcasting, and like we support each other, and we you know, and it's awesome, and it's you know, uh, we may not be in the same camp of whatever political social issue there is at the time but like we've known each other long enough now that it's really awesome yeah i hear you um toby thank you so much uh i am going to put this all in the show notes but just to review um your podcast is called hold on i gotta zoom up because you know i forgot it already because i'm done <laughs> roscoe's wetsuit neuro podcast and it's fantastic i did listen to two episodes before we recorded and uh where else can people find you yes people can go to www.roscoeswetsuitneuro.com and they can learn all about these different technologies that we sort of touched on today and i also have a complimentary 15 minute uh, neuro health coaching Ooh. uh yeah uh, consultation so people can talk to me on the phone and I can walk them through. The I don't want health. to do that. You're going to know how crazy I am. <laughs> now, so if people are looking to optimize their cognition to the use of like supplements, uh, diet, exercise, sleep hacks, we talk about all of that in neurohealth coaching. So that's something that uh, that might interest your listeners. And totally. But can I drink whiskey in this program? 
Uh, I mean, might not be the okay, best. Well, the rest of my li- li- listeners, if you don't like whiskey, this is a great idea. <laughs> and people can actually also check out, there's a specific uh, page that I forgot to mention before, but if you go to roscoeswetsuitneuro.com uh, slash neurotic nourishment, you can find a direct page and that'll tell you all about like the coaching and we'll have a special promo code for your listeners where they can receive 15% off their first neurohealth coaching session. Nice. So check that out. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to the neurotic nourishment podcast. If you like what you hear, Please be sure to rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends, shout from rooftops, smoke signals, hot air balloons, whatever. I'll take any of it. Uh, And if you really like what you're listening, why don't you become a patron? Join our Patreon. Visit us at patreon.com backslash neurotic nourishment. Thanks. Thanks.